Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Good morning. Good morning, Ryan. How are you feeling, man? Hey, Jesse. What's going on, man? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm excellent. Um, it's funny. You and I are the only ones on camera this morning. We're doing a, a topic on sales skills on camera. Yeah, it's funny how that works. Everybody, let's get your videos on. <laughs> I mean, I get it. If, if you're in the habit of running around, getting ready for your life while on Agent Power Huddle, I get it. If you're going to make us nauseous turning your camera on. But if you're sitting in one spot, it's really good practice. There we go. JG. Yes. He's like, I'm in. Game on. All right, cool. Because here's what we're talking about during today. We're going to practice this and it'll make you self-aware as we talk through the things we're going to talk to you about. That if you're listening back to the podcast later or you're listening without, without video while you watch this, um, I want you to think back and really picture what it would be like to be on camera, right? There we go. We got more people turning their camera on. Nitea, good morning. All right, cool. So Ryan and I are going to go through this. So if you don't know Ryan, Ryan is uh, our amazing co-host this morning. He's an agent uh, team leader out of uh, both Florida and Syracuse, New York. And he also um, does a, a lot of Zoom sales presentations. He also works with the company Y Lopo and does a ton of Zoom sales. So if anyone is qualified to talk about selling via Zoom, uh, I think Ryan, you are absolutely qualified. Yeah. Well, it's definitely not my first rodeo, man. Um, you know, but between just technology, generally speaking, and then COVID, um, you know, Zoom has become a very effective tool for uh, commuting, communicating people, uh, commu or sorry, communicating with people. Uh, it's just convenient, you know, and, um, you know, guys, Jesse and I had a really good talk yesterday about, you know, where is everything going, <laughs> you know, past COVID, past everything. And, you know, I, one thing that I, that we both agreed on is that, you know, even when we get past COVID people, I mean, we've been living this COVID life for a year. I mean, people have been distancing themselves for a year and, you know, you're going to get people that are dying to get back to uh, regular life. If you will, we're going to go and do listing appointments in person. You're going to get together and be really social, but understand at the same time, you're going to get a lot of people uh, that aren't comfortable even when we get past this and they're just going to have a certain degree of, uh, well, a certain amount of reservations about meeting people in person and not socially distancing just because it's become habitual. So that's one element uh, that, that yeah. really led Jesse to, you know, to, to say we should focus on this. Um, and, and I just want to see if you guys agree, how many of you guys who are on camera, raise your hand that there's going to be some element of selling on camera that's going to exist for the rest of our career. Raise your hand if you agree. I mean, whether you love it or hate it, guys, this is the world we are now in, right? So how many of you still feel like, you know what? I'm so much better when I'm in person. Raise your hand if you're like, I'm so much better if I'm in person. There's a few of you guys, right? A lot of us. Today's call is about how are the things we can do strategically, consciously, tactically on camera to start to get to the point where you feel like I'm as good on camera as I am in person. I might even be better on camera than I am in person because it cuts down all that drive time. It cuts down, it makes me more efficient so I can do more in less time, right? And Ryan, what was the, what was the second? I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just wanted to, to throw that in there about no, this is the world okay. we're in. Um, you know, the second thing is, you know, take COVID out of the question 
completely. You know, if you can learn to adopt Zoom or adopt video messaging uh, and, and video conferencing in your business, I mean, you're going to save time. You're going to save money. You're going to save, like, there are agents out there, believe it or not, that, that even before COVID have made it a point that if they're going to do a listing appointment, let's just hop on Zoom. That's just kind of like their default. And, you know, it's just like people, you know, inviting people to your office versus inviting people to coffee. It's just like doing buyer consults or not doing buyer consults or asking for referrals or not asking for, you know, it's just these little tiny things that if you implement them, they will have a pretty serious impact in your business. And and who here um, just would absolutely hate not having to drive 45 minutes to your listing appointment? Would anybody be upset by that? Because I know that I wouldn't, you know, so, you know, when we dig into this, you really just want to take a moment and think to yourselves, can I implement this? Am I willing to implement it? Because, you know, Agent Power Huddle is all about giving these little tools, these little tips, these little things that you can do to help benefit yourself in business. And that's what it's just all about those golden nuggets, you know, so that's what we're really chatting about today. How do we utilize this at a pretty high level? Yeah, there's a there's a website called gong.io, G-O-N-G.io. I don't know if any of you guys are sales nerds like me. They do a lot of sales analysis and white papers, and I love it. And I was reading a paper yesterday when I was kind of researching for this topic this morning, and they had a study. I won't go into the details, but they, they showed you with like over thousands of sales calls that they had a 40% increase in close ratio when they leveraged video which is pretty significant. 40% is, is a massive difference. I'm looking up because I'm looking at all you on the screen, right? And here's the biggest objections why people don't use video. I want to see if any of these resonate with you. We'll talk through some of these and then we'll give you some real good tactics that you can use to apply to video. So the top four objections that they found with to people who didn't want to use video. And thank you guys, everyone. I see more and more people turning their cameras on this morning. Yes, because if you can't turn your camera on an agent power huddle, how are you going to turn it on with a client, right? I love it. So number one objection is I don't want to be seen. Or I don't like how I look. Okay, if that resonates with you, we'll talk to you a little bit about that. Number two is my clients aren't using video. There's still a reason why, even if you're talking to someone and it's a little awkward at first to have your camera on and theirs isn't, it still is going to help you connect on a level and communicate things that are important. So even if your clients aren't using video, we'll talk through that one. Um, you don't have the right gear. You don't have the right setup, right? Some of you are still looking at down at, you're still in this weird angle on your cameras. You don't know how to set it up. It's been like, Two minutes on that. Most of you, everyone who's on camera looks great though, right? Most of you guys, we can we can do some compare and contrast. Some of you have different amounts of lighting and things going on. Uh, and number four, I'm not confident using video just as an, in general. I'm not confident using video. Is anyone at the SLTA level, even at a year into COVID, or like, I don't really feel as confident using video. Anyone admit to that, right? A lot of us still. It's, it is a very different skill set to get used to staring at a little black circle instead of looking at someone's face because you get no response back from that little black circle. Ryan, when you're talking to someone in a sales situation, how much do you, because Ryan, by the way, I don't know if you know it, but he has an extensive sales background, uh, trained by the army, trained a lot of other sales training. Uh, it's really, did you guys know the army trains people in sales? They do, right? They're, they're sales adjacent, but he actually has skill sets that transfer from his army background. Um, how much of your communication changes based on the responses you're picking up, both body, verbal, anything from the people you're talking to? Well, I think it's important to be cognizant of clues, you know, the nonverbal clues that people make, you know, and, you know, when you're talking to people on Zoom, the benefit of video is you, I mean, communicate, who, who here hasn't heard this? Communication is 20% verbal, 80% nonverbal. Has everybody heard that? Okay. Yeah. So, so we can have a conversation and, and what I'm saying is one thing, but 
you know, what you're actually interpreting might be something totally different. And so there are cues that you could take away even on video uh, that are going to help you get a sense and get a gauge for, you know, how people are are responding. Like, for example, uh, anyone on video, I, I'm going to pretend that everyone that's off video isn't here. So I'm only talking to the people that have their videos on. So, so any, because I mean, you know, I can see you. I can't see the people that allegedly are there. Uh, so uh, anyone that has their video on right now, I want you to just unmute yourself. If you're having a conversation with me and you see me do this, correction, you see me do this, what does that say? I mean, you're, you're closed off. Disengaged. Yeah. Disengaged, a little exactly. checked out. And, well, I'm interested. I, I did a Zoom yesterday with two people that one of them was like leaning in and the other one was literally like this. And I could tell where I needed to direct my conversation. It was super helpful. And, and Ryan, if we're gonna, if we're gonna go to that approach, how do, you, how do you get that? Do you guys gotta ask your clients when you get them on Zoom, first of all, if you're going to have a, a phone call with someone, I'm always asking everyone when I'm booking the appointment, if we're comfortable just setting up on Zoom. Right. Step number one is make sure if you guys are a team leaders here, train your team. If you guys are the agents yourself, if you're setting up buyer consult, anything, if it's not in person, I'm always defaulting saying like, Hey, you're going to be, be in front of a place where you can turn on, you know, use video. And then when they get on, they oftentimes will not have their camera on because they're not comfortable. They don't want to, even if you've talked about being someplace to zoom. Step number one is you got to ask people to turn their camera on. Does everybody feel comfortable asking someone, do you have a little script for how to use it? Right. My script that I always say is, hey, you know, I didn't do my hair this morning. I don't care what you look like. It's fine. I just find it's a lot easier to connect and communicate. Um, I, I can't see you right now. Just so you know, do, do you feel comfortable turning your camera on? That's the script I say every time I get on a Zoom call with someone and they got their camera off. Do you have anything different you say, Ryan? Oh, well, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm kind of passive about it, but I'm not passive about it. Like I'll talk to people and if I'm waiting, I'll just be like, oh yeah, the little button in the lower left, that's to turn your audio and video on. And then I'll just be quiet. And I just won't say anything and I'll just wait. So I'm a little bit more direct. It's like, you get the point. Like I'm waiting. And I've had people say, um, oh, well, I'm not ready. Oh, I don't want to turn video on. And I'll just be like, oh, <laughs> that's, all that's all I'll say. I won't say that's all right. I'll just be like, oh, you know, so, but understand guys that, um, you, I mean, you don't have to unnecessarily sell people on getting, getting them to turn their video on, but the only way you can get a sense of, you know, what their reaction is, or even if they're at the computer is if you have the, the video on, you know? So that's the thing that you just, again, you want to be cognizant of this and um, just really just be aware that, you know, the, the whole point of being on video with someone is so you can emulate uh, that human interaction as if you're, you know, face to face with them. So if their video is not on, <laughs> you know, you don't really have a sense on, on what they're doing. Let's acknowledge what Evelyn just put in the chat box though. She said, Hey, about using the camera, she wants to acknowledge, and I will agree a hundred percent that is much faster for men to get ready than women, right? No hair and makeup to worry about. I get it. Right. And that's like, I got my hat on, throw my hat on. He's good to go. Right. <laughs> I, I, I roll out of bed and I get it because my, my wife gives me a hard time all the time. I get ready in five minutes. The kids are running around in circles. She's still there getting ready. I think part of this is as you embrace that the, the video camera is what it is. When you get up in the morning, we've been in this world of COVID for so long. I don't know how many of you have gotten in the habit of like, I don't know if I really need to like get ready for the day, but this is part of back to going to like, when you get up, you got to get ready as if you're going to be face to face if you're using the camera. And it does take a while for women. I, I am grateful that I don't have hair and makeup to do. 
it is. Maybe we'll hit that day in our culture where men still need makeup for a camera as well. I don't know, but, uh, but we'll get there. So you're right. It, it is just something you have to account for and schedule into your day. If you, if you want to be able to turn on your camera, you have to feel comfortable doing it. So it takes getting ready in advance. Go ahead, Evelyn. Yeah, I just want to add to that a little bit. So Jesse, if you see me on Agent Power Huddle and the camera is not on, maybe I just finished my run, my swim or something. But I definitely don't look like Theodos. Theodos will get out of the pool, just get dressed and he's ready, right? Me, not quite. Like you would go, oh my gosh, are you sick or, you know, not well or something? No, I just got out of the pool. So, you know, I feel this is a little unfair and maybe sometimes that's why the camera is off. It's, it's a, it's a hundred percent unfair. I'm, I am not, I, I agree with you. That's what I'm saying in a sales contest. And that's why I appreciate all of you guys who turned your camera on. I do. You're bold. You're turning your camera on. You're present with us this morning. Those of you without your camera on, we still love you. Right. But those of you with the camera on, I, I, since we're talking about video, but I will say Evelyn, but you have to factor that into your day then. Right. If you know that you're going to be having some interactions with people, you might end up on the phone with a buyer or seller. I go very quickly from, if I'm chatting on the phone, be like, Hey, can we jump, jump on zoom? I'll go very quickly, but if I'm not ready, like let's say, let's use the guy equivalent. If I'm just in a t-shirt, right? I'm hanging around at home in t-shirt. Like I'm not necessarily going to jump on and, and do a sales call with a, with a listing appointment with a brand new seller who I've never met. I like to have like a button on shirt on. I actually have a suit jacket hanging off there in case I want to get fancier. I've got a various of outfit changes, but if I'm not prepped and ready for the day, I'm less likely to want to use video. Does that make sense? So I'm not yeah. saying it's, it's, it's fair at all. I believe me. I, I get it. <laughs> it's just something. And, and Jesse, I think it's, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I, I think it's important to understand, you know, add a little context here. I mean, what, what we're talking about, like, all right, so what we're talking about, we have agent power huddle and agent power huddle. I mean, turning your video on is the equivalent of getting front row seats. You're going to engage more. You're going to have more conversations. You're going to be part of the conversation, or you could be the bystander. You have your video off. And if you're not ready, like I guarantee you that they're, there is somebody on the call right now, either on Facebook Live or on the call that's driving. They're not going to have their video on. Like that, 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 that's okay because you're just taking all this knowledge in. So make sure that we're separating the actual scenarios that we're focusing on here. Because when we're talking about video, we're talking about listing presentations. We're talking about buyer consults. We're not talking about agent power huddle. You know, and you know, I, I agree with both of you that that women. Um, you, you, it does take longer, you know, if you want to get yourself all done up and, and you want to prepare for that, but understand that, you know, your responsibility as an agent to be the one that's, that that's, has to bend, that has to make concessions and it has to do things to make things happen, you know? So that's, that's just what we do. You know, I, I was actually talking to my team about this before we had our call uh, right now. We, we kind of just did a little bit of a follow-up on what I talked about last week on Breaking Bread and things like that. And I told them, I said, if you, because they're, they're all out just meeting business owners today. Like that's all they're doing. They're going out and, and deepening their relationships all day today. Um, and, and I told them, I said, if people can't meet for coffee, you have to be the one that needs to bend. And if you can meet them at their office instead of meeting them for coffee and you're going to bring the coffee to them, do that because you need to be the one that can they, they, they can be malleable in that regard. So um, just be cognizant. And when we're talking about videos, I mean, these are structured appointments. So you're going to want to be ready regardless. Yeah. I, I've got one thing to drop in here though, that I think will tie in Evelyn. Um, thank you for interacting because this is one of the things that for tactically that really helps with video. When you're sitting face to face with someone, even though it's never good to go into a monologue and just talk at someone, you always want to get them to in, be involved. In general, in a sales presentation, and Ryan, you can tell me if when you do all your sales video calls, you do the same thing. I ask a lot more questions on video than I do when I'm sitting in person. 
I'm consistently asking little questions to check in to get people engaged because you can watch when their mind starts to wander, they get distracted. And it's a lot easier for people to get distracted over video than sitting face to face. Do you agree, Ryan? Oh, completely. Completely. And again, these are just little things that you have to be cognizant of because they're only really going to surface when you're on video. And it goes back to turning the video on. People lose focus. So you got to kind of snap them back. 100% right. Yeah. There's two different types of questions. I wanted to clarify that. I had to read the definitions of these because I learned them so long ago. I was like, how do I define these? Do you guys know the difference between a clarifying question and a reflective question? Clarifying questions are reflective questions. So you, you probably get it intuitively. However, clarifying questions are, let me pull this over here. Um, they're tools used by active listeners to ensure that your people are understanding essential information, right? So you've got there's simple inquiries of facts. They're basically like um, an example of a clarifying question. You know, is that is that does that make sense? Is this what you understood? So this is what you want. There are things where people are going to answer with very short answers. Then you've got points in your buyer console and your listing presentation that are more reflective, right? So like ultimately, when you sell your house describe what's going to happen. Walk me through where you're going to go. What is it going to look like? You move into your new house. Take me through the dream. Like, what did you learn last time you sold your house? What did you learn last time you worked with a realtor? These are deeper questions where you actually get them talking and you'll start to play with different places in your presentation where you'll use one versus the other. Does that make sense, guys? Obviously, a different style when you're here on Agent Power Huddle with, you know, 20, 30, 40 people than versus a one-on-one. -on -one. You want a lot more interaction. I wish I could get all of you engaging like Evelyn. Thank you, Evelyn. All right, cool. But I do like when you guys smile. I see some of you guys smile from here to time. That's, that's my goal is to make everybody smile. Ryan, let's, let's go into, because I want to run out of time. Let's talk about the four things that you can vary to change the flow and the dynamic of the conversation. So what are the four things that you, uh, that, that you can vary? Well, I think before we dive right into that, I think it's important to preface that the, these four things that, that we're going to discuss um, are... are, are you're not going to benefit from them exclusively in video. It's sales, it's communication, but it's a really good way to anchor someone's attention. Okay. When people are talking about marketing, like on Facebook, for example, they're always talking about how people are scrolling through and there's disruptive marketing. You don't have to stop. You have to grab somebody's attention. Now, luckily we don't have to deal with that when we're doing zoom calls, but we do have to factor in keeping people's attention. And the best way to keep people's attention is to communicate uh, almost in a story-esque fashion to keep people intrigued. Now, while everyone I'm sure has heard this idea of story sell, there are certain communicative functions or aspects to communication that if you're, um, if you adopt them and you utilize them, it'll have that same impact uh, in drawing people's attentions. And then, so there's four things that you can really focus on that will change and you're, you're going to be able to wield these like tools, <laughs> right? Four things that you can control that can change that are going to keep people's attention. It's all communication styles. So the first thing that you can change is your tone. The second, you're going to want, you're probably going to want to write this down, guys. The second thing you can write down, or sorry, the second thing you can change is your speed. The third thing you can change is your volume. And the fourth thing you can change is your pitch. Okay. Now, I'm going to say exactly what I just said before, but now I'm going to implement what I just told you when I explain what these four things are. And I want you to tell me or just kind of think, um, does it feel different? Doesn't sound different. All right. So I'm just going to start right now. So the first thing that you can do is you can change your tone. The second thing that you can do, though, is you can change your speed. 
The third thing you can do is you can change your volume. And the fourth thing that you could do, change your play. Did everybody see how I was pulling you in? When I, did, 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 are people picking up on that? You can have conversations with people. And you can say, oh, yeah, the market is so great. The number four thing, by the way, uh, is, is pitch. So you can be talking, yeah, the market is so crazy right now. There's barely any inventory. So here's the thing. If you want to be successful when we're in a bidding war, what we need to do is, you know, when you slow that down, yeah, exactly. Tone, speed, volume, pitch. I'm looking at this chat right now. When you slow that down and you change your pitch, you change your tone, you change your speed, you change your volume. People, it almost creates an artificial sense of intrigue. By show of hands, honestly, is anybody feeling that? Like when I just, and I, and I just kind of did fly by night when I talked about those. But when I was talking about these four different elements and all of a sudden, slow down. And I talked about one specific thing. Can people naturally feel you kind of drawing into that? So yeah. Hands. I, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I find the biggest difference with both the speed and the pitch. Those are the two that I think that I play with the most. And like when you just said, Hey, in this market, in this market with so much competition, the one thing we got to do is really to make sure when we write your offer, like, just do you guys feel that change, that speed change? It's I want you to start playing with that in role plays, in talking to people. You don't want to overdo it. If you're a fast talker, if you go back and forth all the time, you're going to make people nauseous. But if you use it at certain places, I, when, we're, when Ryan and I were talking about this yesterday, like, well, how, what do we want to teach? It's such an easy thing to do. And it's such an easy way to really emphasize your point. And on again, it's not strictly for video. You can do this in person. But with video, you have so many less factors to work with than in person. There's just a different energy. So there's certain things you can do on video. And if you have a separate microphone, it makes it a lot easier. So, you know, everybody doesn't need to go out and buy a mic, but if you, if you have a mic, right. Or a headset, there are things that I've started doing that when you go like this, right. You can, you can emphasize certain things that you just change as you're like, all right, look, let me, let me tell you something here, right. You can, as you go back and forth, you can kind of play with that and pull people in. You can also lean in do you, do you guys ever lean into the camera for, for either comedic effect or dramatic effect? You, if you do it subtly as you're leaning in, right? Hey, look, this is, this is from my wife, Ryan. My wife is a therapist. She's been doing Zoom therapy for a year. Talk about trying to get deep into rapport. And she says they literally talk about this on calls with other therapists where they've practiced, where you've got to practice like leaning in for effect. In real life, you would do different things with your body. So here you can come back and forth to the camera to, to affect that part of the, the intimacy of the conversation. People will pick up on that. By the way, right now, I, I wish you could see my stance. I'm like permanently leaned in. Like my butt is back. My hands are literally crossed on my desk and I'm leaned in because it's more engaging. 80% of communication is nonverbal, guys. It's just like if you're in front of someone face-to-face, -face, like if you're not on Zoom, you can look at their feet. If their feet are pointing away, that's kind of a sign that they're not really in it. Well, it's the same thing when people are kind of back and they're doing what, like just kind of looking around. I mean, that's very obvious, but these little tiny subtle clues like leaning in, show interest, you know? But I'm telling you, these four things, if you just implement these four communicative styles and, and you're going to just put them in your wheelhouse and you can change them all the time, it is like voodoo magic. How <laughs> You can capture people's attention. It's absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, I, I just... Uh, I, I had, I just had a thought that something I do that I didn't realize I was consciously doing when I'm doing zoom presentations, I oftentimes go back and forth between the screen share and the camera. 
screen sharing the camera. And I use that as a way to pull people in and bring people back. Because what I've realized is when you go to screen share, and I don't have anything queued up to screen share right now, but I'll get some, like, as I go to screen share, if you watch, most people lean in when you share something on your screen. I don't know why. The people you're talking to, let me pull, I'll pull up something real quick here. Let's, let's pull up uh, reflective questions here. So I'll put this on the screen, reflective questions. When I, when I put this on the screen, did you guys all lean in to kind of look at that? Maybe it's because it's smaller. Who knows what? Did you notice your own? Did anyone notice their body kind of leaning in when I put that on the screen? Right? So you, I realize I do that a lot with, because uh, I do a lot of Zoom presentations too. When I notice that people are kind of sitting back in their chair, like if someone's sitting there like this and I can tell they're leaning in, I'll consciously put something on the screen to share to cause them to sit up and lean forward. If they're on their cell phone, not a desktop, it's kind of mean because you can see them really squinting in and looking at it. That's not, I'm not trying to make them blind, but I'm talking about if you're sitting around with someone on a desktop. Anything else like that, Ryan, that you do that, that, that's helpful also? Little things that you notice you've done over all these video sales calls? I know something that you do, Jesse, that uh, if you don't mind, I can say that I've picked up on every time I'm on a Zoom with you, after you screen share, you sit up straight and you correct your posture. And it actually makes me correct my posture. So I don't know if that's on purpose, but every single time I notice it. I, it, it is probably half on purpose and half just my own correcting my own posture. But yes, I, I oftentimes do that. If you're in rapport with people, I will sit up because it's the same thing. Like, watch guys. Did anyone just want to take a deep breath when I took a deep breath? Right? When you do something, when you sit up and you take a deep breath, the people on camera will tend to follow and mirror you. Um, all right. Pat, Patrick Lee says, if you guys have any tips for brief Facebook video posts and Instagram reels, I'd appreciate that. Ooh. All right. We got four minutes left. Ryan, anything you want to do before we can try to rapid fire Patrick Lee's question? Well, I'll just, I mean, I was just going to rapid fire answer his question. One little tip on doing videos. Do it. Um, okay. Well, I think that it's important that you guys understand this actually goes back to what I just said with disruptive marketing. People are on Instagram, people are on social media and you want to capture their attention. The first thing that you need to do is make sure that you present your hook before anything. Okay. So that's number one. So if you're talking about, oh, Jesse, what's a, what, what's a topic that you would do a video on? Tips I don't to know. Get your you... house for sale by owner, maybe? Tips to, tips sure. to get your house sold? Sure. I, what were you going to say? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thinking. No, any, I mean, that's the thing. You, you, so I want to give people categories. You're either educating or entertaining are two different categories, right? Are we educating or entertaining? So start there, Patrick. Are you trying to teach people something? Most people that aren't on Facebook looking to learn stuff about how to sell houses, right? They're, they're, they want to know about you and your personal life. So you're going to still want to entertain. But if you're doing something, let's just say a straight up educational video, right? You've already warmed up your audience. The people who are following you are looking to learn something. If you're especially Patrick, if you've got a lot of first time buyers in your, in your audience, I've talked to Patrick offline. I'm going to assume he has a lot of first time buyers that he might know. In his in his uh, in his friends, so we got first time buyers. Let's just say, uh, how, like, how do you not blow it when you buy your first house? That's my okay, that's so, my, that's my hook. So so three three things to pay attention to when you're buying your first house. Okay, for example, so you're gonna want to start the video and say there are three things that you're gonna want to pay attention to when you buy your house. My name's Ryan Pickard with with said company, and this is what I'm gonna discuss. So you're gonna want to present that hook right in the very beginning. And that's like the way that I present it. It's not, not the greatest hook in the world, <laughs> but, but the idea of what you're talking about, you're going to want to present that and then introduce yourself. Don't. And so I went and uh, I got trained for a day by a gentleman named John, John Cheflack last, 
last year. We went to his house and this is what he talked about for the entire day. It was just videos and things like that. And he said, the worst thing you could do is start Facebook live and say, Oh, are we live? Oh, okay. Hi everybody. I'm Ryan. How's everybody doing? Oh, we got three followers now. Okay. I'm so excited to chat with you. Oh, we got four now. Hey, what's up, Mike? Hey, like that. <laughs> People are just going to leave. You have to get their attention like that. So the first thing I would say is identify the pain point that you're going to focus on, hook them by bringing that up first, introduce yourself, and then you can go into the video. And the second thing that I would say in regards to this, if you're going to start doing video consistently, like for advertising, let's say, one thing that you're going to want to do as well is get your videos captioned. Those would be the two things that I would focus on. For live video, introduce a hook. For videos that you plan on sponsoring to get out to the world, make sure you're paying to get them closed captioned. Because when people are scrolling through, a lot of the times they don't hear your video, but if they can read what you're saying, it will hook them. Yeah, Anita said, just like a paper for a, uh, for a class, exactly, start with your thesis statement. Or like the 10 o'clock news, right? Today, someone famous has died. We'll tell you who at 11. Right. Like if you can write hooks like that, you're winning. JG has got a question before we wrap this up here. Do you guys recommend introducing yourself at the start and then talking about the topic, then introduce yourself, your brand. So I don't, I, I introduce myself after always hook first, right? First. The first couple seconds are, are crucial. So I might start almost memento style. If you guys know that movie, the movie memento where they tell the story backwards. Right. So I knew a guy who was going to blow it, absolutely blow it when he bought his first house. Okay, I'm gonna tell you that story and what he did to avoid it. Uh, my name is Jesse Zagorski, EXP Realty here in San Diego. Um, and then I'll get into it. But aren't you at, at least the end of curious? the video? I'm gonna explain what he did to make an extra ten thousand dollars. Yeah. You know, and we're just making this up, right? Depending on your audience and you got to know where your phase is. There's a whole separate talk we can do on funnels. There's some previous agent power huddles that talk about digital marketing and warming up your audience. You're not going to take someone who's never seen you before. This is more of like a down the funnel type video, but I'm assuming that when Patrick's asking this question within your sphere, you already have some people who know who you are and like you. They're already in that journey with you. It's not just going to a cold audience. So totally different things. Does that help JG? All right. I hope this was good. I hope you got at least one or two tactical things you can play with. Remember those four things though. We didn't spend too much time on speed, volume, pitch, and tone, but they are really crucial. So Ryan, go ahead. Just, just meet with your family, meet with your friends, be cognizant and just start tweaking things. I mean, they might pick up on it at first until it becomes natural, but you can just have a conversation with your sister or your friend. Be like, oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. And then what I did is this. Because of that, all of a sudden, and then, you know, so you can literally take people through a journey through these four characteristics. Because again, it's not, it's not what you're saying. It's how you're saying it. You could say the same exact thing, like 50 different ways, all based on your tone. And then you have your volume, then you have your pitch, you know, then you have, you know, so, so just mess around with that. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it is an incredible tool to capture people and, and, and to almost in a sense, manipulate the conversation in a, in an ethical way, of course, but you will have control over it. It's, it's, it's an incredible tool. Have fun with this, Ryan. Thank you for being here with me. Thank you for everyone, both on camera and off camera. It's great to see all you guys. Bye, everybody. Have a good day. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.